You're listening to Leveling Up, where we'll show you how to win at the game of life and business. It's time to power up your skills through life gamification with your host, Eric Sue. All right, everyone. Today we have Sunil Thomas, who is the co-founder and CEO of CleverTap, which is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps brands maximize user lifetime value. That sounds awesome. CleverTap tracks groups, segments, data, and helps you use it to market to your customers. And so far to date, correct me if I'm wrong, $76.6 million in capital raised based on Crunchbase. Is that true or false? That is true, Eric. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining. So yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about, well, I'm curious, this is actually just personal curiosity. I mean, you're, you went to University of Mumbai, you're Indian. How do you have the last name Thomas? <laughs> this is maybe an ignorant question for me. This is just, I'm curious. No, it's a good question. I was born Indian. I am American now, but that doesn't have anything to do with my name change. India does have a small minority population of Christians right from, you know, when, when St. Thomas actually came to India. British Empire. So I'm a, yeah, so Got I'm it. born Christian. And I, you know, Thomas, Verghese, Francis, there are a whole bunch of these Christian names in India too. Got it. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about CleverTap. I gave a mouthful. That's really kind of the official, you know, what your website says, but what do you guys do in layman's terms? Yeah, we do solve for user retention for consumer brands. So this is about, you know, three things for us, your monthly retention rate kind of a thing. How do you get more users coming back more often? Your key conversion rates, you know, moving people from free subscription to a paid subscription, moving people from having downloaded the app to making the first purchase, moving people from having uploaded a profile to going on the first date, depending on your app, your key conversion rates we improve, which both of these tend to improve, you know, significantly the customer lifetime value. So we solve for user retention holistically for consumer brands. We do it across the board in terms of size, small, small, you know, brands, large, massive scale brands having for 500 million monthly active users and so on. Got it. So what would be, I mean, is there a case study that you can speak to just so people can kind of visualize this a little more and it's like, oh, you know, X company, you know, was able to retain 20% more customers or whatever. Anything you can speak to there? Yeah, yeah. So we tend to, you know, these three metrics that we talk about, really two, I mean, customer lifetime value is a lagging indicator. So that's a result of this. But the two leading metrics that we work on right with our customers is monthly retention rate and key conversion rates and Eric we tend to CleverTap tends to double these numbers from whatever they are in the first 12 months we work with a lot of consumer brands you know Domino's, Fandango, the Discovery Group, Book My Show so there are certain verticals right media and entertainment demand gen so Gojek you know cab ride hailing food delivery e-commerce. There's just a whole bunch of verticals that we have a lot of large customers in. Got it. Yeah, I remember. So just a couple of years ago, you were on Nathan Latka's podcast and I guess he probably did some calculations and, and calculated you're doing about 5 million ARR and you didn't raise that much compared to where you're at now. So I'm assuming things are going well. What do you think has catapulted your guys' growth? I think it's the value. I think we are building something that's unique in the sense that there is no real product out there that takes a holistic view of user retention like we do. You know, the growth from the acquisition side is pretty easy, right? You, especially in the digital mobile first world, you know, you pay Google, Facebook, you have a bunch of acquisition sources, you count where your best sources are and you double down where your best sources are. But when you come into, once you acquire users, how do you retain, how do you maximize their value? There is really no company that takes care of it. And category-wise, Eric, it's also a little complicated. Like 
we traverse like three or four categories. You know, user retention starts with understanding your users and that's typically behavior analytics. Then it goes into segmentation and that's like a bunch of CDP tools and things like that where you can segment, slice and dice your audience to smaller pieces. Then there is like, how do you react with users when they are not within your apps? And that's the whole space of marketing automation, right? You message them, email, push notifications, text messages, and so on. And the last bit is, how do you react with users when they are in your app, which is personalization, individualization? How do you create an app experience where the homepage is different for Eric as it is for Sunil, that kind of a thing. So we traverse all of these things and we give you this full foundation so you can understand segment and create these magnetic experiences for your users when they are in your apps or when they are outside of your apps. And there's just nothing out there. So we've seen a lot of growth because of that breadth of our product. It took us a little while. It was almost two years till we sort of, you know, we had to build out all of this stuff. So it took us about two years to get to that, you know, what VCs or entrepreneurs would technically call product market fit. But it's really because of this whole breadth of the product that we sort of turned out to build, you know, quite stupidly if you think back in those days. But now it's very happy to be here kind of. Got it. And so does the way it work, is it you guys are telling the user what to do or are you just doing it automatically for them? Both, meaning the obviously with machine learning and AI techniques and all of that, we are able to do a whole bunch of stuff automatically. Like if you think of how do you engage with your users, right? It boils down fundamentally to sort of when you engage, to what you engage and who you engage with, right? So when you engage, things like best time to send messages to somebody or, you know, what channel to use. So there's a lot of sort of automation around that where our Mm. customer doesn't have to exactly pick, you know, the right thing. In terms of who to engage, you can do it manually. Like this is segmentation breaking down. So, you know, obviously you can break down your user base manually. But again, with predictive segmentation, the ability to run intent-based segmentation, a lot of that stuff also gets done automatically. For example, we project out saying, hey, these 2,000 people are most likely to uninstall your app within the next 30 days. So it's a pure intent-based user segment that is bubbled up. And then our customer can decide whether he or she wants to work on that segment or not. Or these people are going to make a purchase in the, in, by you know May 31st. And now you can decide what to do with it. So there is a manual part of it. You can do it. There is a lot of automation based on machine learning and just the data that we churn and running models on it. And are you guys, I mean, I looked at your website, it seems like you guys, when you say mobile engagement, I'm I'm assuming you guys are focused on mobile, but it seems like this would be useful across the board. Are you guys strictly mobile or are you guys covering kind of, you know, desktop experiences, et cetera? We definitely lead with mobile. Clevertap, you know, because it's a retention platform, a mobile app just gives you more ways to reach out to your customer, right? Permissions are different for push notifications. If you get a phone number, you can do text messages. You can do all that kind of stuff. But our best customers are actually customers that have mixed businesses on the website, desktop, mobile web, and mobile apps. Because the thing, you know, to be very honest, the spot where we don't do very well is when you have a web-only business and which is anonymous, meaning you don't get to log in there, right? So if you go and, you know, just read news at cnn.com or whatever without logging in, once you go, there is just not enough ways to reach you. So that little bit restricts the value that we provide. So we don't go there. But if you have logged in web business, it works exactly the yeah. same because at the end of the day, then you get an email address. You can reach out to yeah. people when they are even not on your app. So we do so like a New York Times stuff. would work well for this. Like these like Atlantic, Absolutely. like these paid subscription kind of news Absolutely. And a lot of media and entertainment, right? I mean, Netflix or like things like that work beautifully well, right? Because, you know, you got Mm -hmm. to log in and then then it works well because, you know, then you're 
you're consuming the product or that service, you know, on your iPad at home, on your, you know, mobile device and on the web, depending on what it is on a Roku device. And we are able to unify the same user across all of these devices and be able to create like nice experiences on multiple Got devices. It. Okay. Nice. And so if people are like, oh my God, this sounds amazing. This, this sounds very expensive too. So how do you price this thing? How do you charge? Yeah, so we have two dimensions of pricing, Eric, CleverTab. So one is based on the volume of data. So whether you want to think about your monthly active users or anything like that, right? More users you have. If you have 10,000 users, you pay a smaller amount as opposed to if you have a million users on a monthly basis. So there's a pure linearity on volume of data. Obviously, you know, as you go higher volume, the sort of price per user goes down. And the second dimension is really the product features, right? A lot of like specifically, like we have email add-ons. So we have a bunch of add-ons, you know, for insights where machine learning wise, you know, automatically bubbling insights. So we have an email add-on, we have WhatsApp for business add-ons. So we've, we've been able to sort of, you know, package features in a way that not all customers need. WhatsApp for business is a great example in many parts of India, Asia and all where we have a very strong business you know, WhatsApp is a big communication tool. It's not the same in the US, for example. So it's a pack, so you don't sort of straddle the customers who don't need it. So either volume and or pricing, you know, packaging features you want are the two dimensions. Got it. What if I, I mean, for people that are like, okay, but but how much does it cost to get started? Let's say I have less than 10,000 users. What does the price range look like? Yeah, so, you know, at the smallest level, CleverTap will offer a pack up to 25,000 monthly active users you know, for less than $3,000 annually, Eric. Mm. So, you know, these are tiers of monthly active users and it's a base product, right? You want to add email to it. You know, there are a few, you can add on to it, but the base product that gives you user analytics, segmentation, a bunch of channels to engage with, you know, and, you know, some personalization will pretty much be for 100,000 MAUs. I mean, the, I could set a bar at a, at 100,000 MAUs. It'll be in that mm-hmm. 10 to 12,000 annual contract value. That's, that's not bad at all. I mean, for the value that you guys are providing. It seems actually, seems kind of cheap to me, but I guess that's good because I'm sure it's a pretty competitive market, right? It is a pretty competitive market in the, I mean, if you don't really understand the product in that sense, meaning because it, it goes over these categories, that's a problem. So we, you know, not necessarily, people are not like part of our problem from day one has been evangelization and education that this breadth to solve user retention is important. In many ways, COVID is actually playing to you know, in a positive sense, because everybody's suddenly thinking about retaining their existing users, right? Yeah. Like because of the scenarios. So, but that was our primary education thing. So our buyers are actually buying marketing automation, for example, which is a small part of what we do. Our buyers are coming in buying analytics, which is again, a small part of what we do. But so when you're saying when you say it's over it, you're saying it's actually, you guys do all of it. It's not, you're saying you guys yes. sit over like CDPs. You guys are kind of like an all-in-one, correct? Yes, we are an all-in-one putting together analytics, segmentation, marketing automation, and individualization into one tightly built platform. It helps you being one platform is not only the synergies of, you know, sort of a single vendor, total cost of ownership, yeah. all that stuff, but it's also enables a whole bunch of real-time use cases. I mean, you cannot be exporting profiles from your analytics or CDP system mm-hmm. and then importing it into your email, you know, marketing automation system, for example, yeah. and you lose a sense of real time as you lose a sense of sort of context and things yeah. like that if you do that. Got it. So, okay. so, it's, so it brings about this whole synergy in the marketing. So, and of course, it's a very open pitch. platform, Eric. CleverTap's a very open platform in the sense yeah. you can import and export data from everything that you have, legacy CRM systems and simple CSV uploads and all of that. 
So in that sense, it's open in terms of in and out, but you just get to use everything together. Got it. Okay. And so the sales pitch probably is you say, hey guys, instead of having all the different platforms that you're using and you're probably spending more, why don't we just do it all for you? And then you're going to get better insights and you're going to be able to retain your customers better. That's the sales pitch. Absolutely. Sales pitches, if, yeah, yes, absolutely it is. The sales pitch actually from a value is that, you know, we will double your monthly retention rate and your key conversion rates in a period of, you know, less than a year. And of course, it, it has all these other benefits of cost of ownership and, and what have you. Okay. So I guess from, you know, the CEO's perspective, I mean, typically it's a two to three year journey to get to the product market fit. And you guys have a lot of different features. We'll just call it that. What was the moment where you're like, okay, I think we're getting close to product market fit. Cause I can see in the early days, people are like, let's just build a bunch of things and it can get all over the place and they never reach product market fit. So I guess what's like a secret you can share. What was that aha moment? So I think one thing, I don't know if there was one aha moment, Eric, but we got product market fit, meaning our, our first customer revenue check came into the company uh, only in 2016. So it's basically two and a half years after we were founded was the first customer revenue check. But, Got it. but a year and a half before that, the product was live. We basically put it out there. The whole website was a beta and we put out the product. We were still building it out. So we had a whole bunch of, we will bill you later when we figure out, when, when we write the billing module kind of a promise. Mm-hmm. So we had put the product out there and, you know, obviously we were not marketing or anything, but we were hustling our way around, you know, sort of people that we could get to download and use the product and really give us feedback. So literally there were a bunch of customers for a year, year and a half that we did not charge at all. Obviously the product was, you know, still evolving and they had to take that risk. And then we turned on at some point in time, our pricing page and all that. And it's about four years now of actual monetization. Happy to say we've been like more than doubling, like 2.5x every year Wow! for that. So it's, it's actually been a good, but I think we had a little bit of a runway where we got those early. There were a lot of benefits for us. I mean, we just got real production traffic right from very early stage before we had the sort of the pressure, if you will, of charging them. I don't know if this is best practice, but this is what worked well for us. Got it. Okay. There's a question from Facebook right now. Mutant asks, I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Is there a contract? I'm assuming there is. There is a contract for 12 months is the typical contract. We obviously have customers that have, you know, longer term contracts, but we are very, very soon launching a self-service product where we will also allow a month to month without a contract, kind of a credit card on file based system. Awesome. Okay. Mid, Great. So we talked about some numbers, you know, capital raise and then the, you know, the revenues last time from Nathan Laska's podcast. I guess what numbers are you open to sharing about how the company is doing today? Yeah, so we are obviously a private company. We don't share our revenue numbers, but you know, like I said, two and a half times growth year over year for the past four years. We are on track or at the same level as what you know companies like HubSpot or NetSuite or you know these have been at the fourth year of monetization. You know, although we are sort of six years old as a company, mm-hmm. but you know, it's sort of we've just about finished. In fact, June end will be the fourth year of our monetization, Got and it. we're doing pretty well compared to these, you know, now public companies that we know know, history of and all that. So yeah, I mean, you're basically competing with all these people, right? HubSpot would be a competitor, correct? So HubSpot typically, I mean, specifically HubSpot, they sell to B2B companies, right? That's Uh the difference. So they allow you to do lead gen and all of that. But a person who buys that is actually CleverTap would buy HubSpot because it's a B2B thing. The moment you Mm -hmm. have a million or 10 million users, like Yelp is not putting you know, all of their individual users on HubSpot, for example. So the difference is that we sell to consumer brands, they sell to mostly B2B okay. brands. Great. 
All right. So working towards wrapping up here, Sunil, what is your favorite business book? My favorite business book. I'm actually a Patrick Lencioni guy. So a bunch of those books, I, I like those, the fable style, and I actually learn a lot from them. You know, I, I actually, I mean, everyone talks about the five dysfunctions, but I actually like the ideal team player the most. I don't know. Is there, yeah. is there like a different one that you like? I like, actually, to be honest, I like a lot of his books, you know, Death by Meetings, The Advantage, Ideal Player. I don't know if you can see my stack behind, but I'm sure there's I can see a bunch trophies. Of, I can't see your stack. Oh, there's there a bunch go. of Patrick Hensioni probably right there. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Nice. How about your favorite tool to grow your business or it could be a personal productivity tool that's not called CleverTap? Oh, I don't know. This might sound old, but I'm actually a Microsoft OneNote guy. I like OneNote a lot to for personal productivity, just organizing my day myself. Some people have said that. I don't think you date yourself because some people are just like, OneNote's actually amazing. So what do you like the most about OneNote? Because there's all these tools. Like I use, I'm always looking for the new shiny object. I use Notion right now, right? And then there's like, oh, there's this new one, Rome. And then, so I guess, what, what do you like so much about OneNote? I don't know, multiple devices. I've just been using it for a long time. I think it's, it's very easy for me to sort of organize tabs and stuff like that. So I'm very used to it, I think. Just principally, mm-hmm. I'm a GTD guy. So I'm David Bell's is GTD is my system that I use for personal productivity. Yeah. And I just have configured one note, you know. Yeah. So I have my, my thing awesome. set up in one note nicely to do that. Cool. By the way, everyone, we've had David on the podcast before. Just search GTD growth everywhere. You'll find him. It was a great interview. And so final question from my side is what's one publication or blog that you tune into every day? Or frequently? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's basically, there's a couple of newsy ones, including TechCrunch. But if it's really reading, I like Tom Tungus. I like, you know, a bit of Twitter where I follow trends and stuff like that. I actually think Twitter is the most important social media channel. I, at least for me, that's where I get the most value because there's a lot of people hanging out there. By the way, we also had Tom on the show as well. So guys, Google that one. We'll put that in the show notes. But Sunil, this has been great. What's the best way for people to find you online? clevertap.com obviously if you want to know about the company but you know i'm on social media i'm on linkedin i'm on twitter so sunil at wherever (laughs) all right thanks so much for doing this thank you eric it's awesome to talk to you you may have completed this level but many more bosses await if you're looking to level up in marketing or business just go to singlegrain.com forward slash leveling dash up to get access to our individual and team training programs That's singlegrain.com forward slash leveling dash up.